0: What is up, everyone? It is Quinn here, and it has been a while uh, since I put out my last video. I think it was uh, week 18 of the regular season, but now that the uh, NFL season, you know, has officially wrapped up. We had the uh, Super Bowl last Sunday. I thought it was time to, you know, get back to it, start getting into some of my off-season content. So I'm thinking right now going to be going through maybe 2-3 videos a week, you know, probably more at that 3 number, kind of going through, you know, maybe some early rankings for 2023 and then starting to dive into, you know, this rookie class. Getting some running back rookie ranks, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and then you know, all those guys put together, trying to talk about Superflex, uh, and then and one quarterback dynasty leagues. So we've got all that coming to you. Also, you know, just overall dynasty stuff, buys, sells, all of that. If you guys want, you know, any specific topics, also you guys can uh, you know let me know down below in the comment section. And, you know i'll try to uh, replicate some of those but for this specific video jumping back into it i'm just going to be taking a very very early look at some 2023 rankings so i'm going to be going through my top 12 running backs now keep in mind right like these are going to change a ton throughout the offseason this is kind of just a, a rough sketch so if you think you know someone was snubbed from the top 12 you can let me know why but you know i kind of want to hear your guys opinions you who do you think is too high too low who you know should i have had on here obviously there are still things we need to uh you know figure out there's going to be free agency the draft rosters are going to be shaken up but these are just, uh, you know, my initial thoughts in my way too early uh, 2023 running back rankings. So let's jump into it here at number 1, and this is where I have Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was actually my running back 1 heading into 2022 also. I think I was one of like the few guys out there who had him over Jonathan Taylor, and he is going to remain there here for 2023. Remember coming into this season, he was labeled as injury prone. You know, he had kind of stacked up a few injury riddled seasons. The way that I was looking at it, he hadn't had like one specific body part that had been consistently injured. When I'm thinking about players being injury prone, you know, I'm talking about a guy like Delvin Cook who continuously has his shoulder dislocated. Sometimes, you know, you have bad luck. Football, running back position, you know, it's a sport where you're gonna get hit a lot. Christian McCaffrey had a great track record through college and then into his first few NFL seasons. So I wasn't really bought into the uh, injury prone thing. He comes out here in 2022 Plays a full 17 game season and then also appears in three playoff games. So I don't think we have to worry about that, you know, for CMC. Now, obviously, it's possible he goes out and suffers an injury. Uh, In 2023, like I said, that's kind of just comes with the territory at the running back position. But he had a great season, finishes the RB2 in points per game. I'm going to be using a half point PPR. So the RB2 in points per game behind Austin Eckler. And if we only use his games from when he was with the 49ers, he would have been the running back one. Obviously, he's going to be heading into next season on the 49ers roster. And he's a guy who's not gonna have a massive workload. You know, typically if you're drafting someone as the first running back off the board, you want them to have like 18 plus carries, a ton of targets, and he'll have a solid workload. But I think with his receiving work, some big plays on this offense, efficiency, and then also just touchdown upside, you know, those things are gonna carry him, in my opinion, you know, to be an elite fantasy running back one. And now we also have Kyle Shanahan with a full offseason to kind of play around with how to use Christian McCaffrey. He had a great role on that offense and he was traded mid-season. I'm very excited to see what Christian McCaffrey is gonna do there in 2023. Now, at number two, I have Austin Eckler. Like I mentioned, he was the running back one in points per game this past season. He kind of proved that his uh, 2021 season was not a fluke. He scored 20 touchdowns in that season. He followed it up here with 18 in the 2022 season. He led all running backs with 127 targets and then also with 107 receptions. And then he was first in red zone touches with 68. The kind of crazy part about that is he only had seven goal line carries which is not a crazy number. So he wasn't even like their locked in goal line back, but they were still you know peppering him with opportunities inside the 20. So obviously that led to a ton of touchdowns for him. I think he also was the beneficiary of you know the injuries to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. He was desperately needed as a pass catcher. So I think this off season will actually be interesting for Eckler what do the uh, Chargers do in terms of their weapons? You know, Keenan Allen getting up there in age, do they make a splash, bring in another guy, you know, spend uh, top draft capital to bring in a wide receiver? I think that's possible. Do they maybe bring in a second running back to split the workload? You know, these are things we're going to have to figure out, you know, throughout the off season, but right now he is going to be my RB2. Now looking at number three, I have Saquon Barkley. And just like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon is another dude who beat the injury prone narrative. He played in 16 games and was the running back five in points per game with a very strong workload. He had an 80.1 opportunity share. That's third amongst running backs in the NFL. 18.4 carries per game, 4.6 targets per game. He is actually going to be a free agent this offseason. It seems decently likely that he re-signs with the Giants. That offense is definitely looking up with uh, Dable taking over. But I mean, if he doesn't re-sign with the Giants, if he goes somewhere else, like let's be real, he's going to be a stud, a high-end running back one, you know, no matter where he ends up. Now here at number four, this is probably, uh, you know, the first take that may have some people, you know, kind of disagreeing with me here or, you know, maybe think it's kind of a hot take here. At number four, I have Bijan Robinson. And you know, like I said, some people may think this is too high since he's not even on an NFL team yet. Maybe you think he shouldn't even be in these rankings. I'm going to have him here. And you know, I think a poor landing spot in the draft could drop him a little here from this number four spot. But I mean, the talent is 100% there for a guy like Bijan Robinson. If you're not someone who's super locked into these like draft prospects, I'm still kind of getting into it you know, over the next few weeks. But I've been hearing about Bijan Robinson as the RB1 of this class, you know, over the last few years. It seems very unlikely at this point that he falls out of the first round. So you're looking at, you know, very likely a first round running back. He was a three-year starter at Texas. He had a monster 2022. I mean, all three of his college seasons, very impressive. But this past year, played in 12 games, Rushed for almost 1,600 yards, scored 20 total touchdowns. Also very effective as a pass catcher, so he can be a three-down back. at 314 receiving yards this past season. And then when we're just looking at you know some of the success from recent rookie running backs, guys like Brees Hall. Obviously he had the injury, but he was putting up monster numbers before he went down this past year. You know same class. Kenneth Walker with some solid games after he took over for Rashad Penny, and then Jonathan Taylor a few years ago. All these guys have found success in their rookie seasons, and I actually think most people out there would argue that Bijan Robinson is a better prospect than all three of those guys. We have seen, you know, rookie running backs dominate, not just the guys I talked about, but some of the more like elite prospects, a Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. Saquon's rookie year, he was the RB two in points per game. Zeke's rookie year, he was the RB three. You know, I think in terms of uh, redraft for fantasy, I expect Bijan Robinson when it's all said and done to be picked somewhere at that one to two turn. There are also some really, really strong landing spots at the back end of the first. So he's gonna be number four here for me. Obviously there's some wiggle room and I don't really know if I'll see him jumping Saquon even with a good landing spot. Maybe he moves down a few spots, you know, if he has a really rough landing spot. But personally, I like him here at number four. Now, a guy that I kind of just mentioned at number five, I've got Jonathan Taylor, and he's coming off of just a brutal 2022 season. He was pretty much the consensus running back one. And I mean, the dude finishes the RB 18 in points per game. Even when he was healthy, it wasn't great early on. And then, you know, we know he had that ankle injury, which shortened his season. As a whole, the Colts offense was all over the place. The old line was in shambles. I mean, the quarterback play was bad. We had the coaching turnover mid-season. Just, you know, not a ton of things going right there in Indianapolis. I do like the new uh, coaching hire for the Colts. Like what, uh, you know, we saw out of the Eagles with them establishing a solid run game. Obviously, that's gonna help JT in Indianapolis. You know, it seems like they're going to have a young rookie quarterback probably taking over, you know, maybe a bridge veteran to one of these guys that they're looking at in the draft. I really think, you know, Jonathan Taylor's 2023 fantasy season is going to come down to his usage. It's possible he slots into that like Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb role, you know, where he's getting the early downs, but not super involved as a pass catcher. If that's the case, he's probably going to be in that like RB5 to 12 range. However, if they let Jonathan Taylor eat, they let him be a three down back with that receiving upside. I mean, now we're looking at a guy who could totally finish, you know, as the RB1 overall in fantasy, like he did in what was that, 2021. Now, looking at number six here, I have Derrick Henry. And it's possible, you know, I'm too low here on Henry. He put together another really strong season, RB3 in points per game. He had a massive workload per usual, 21.8 carries per game, second highest opportunity share amongst running backs. Now the Titans do have, you know, some questions to answer offensively. What's going on with the quarterback position? And then with Derrick Henry, there's always some risk, you know, with the age, he's getting up there. He has a lot of usage, a lot of tread on the tires. But I mean, it's also possible that just Derrick Henry is not a you know, a real human being. And he'll just go out there in 2023 and put together a monster season. So he slots in here at six right now. Number seven, I have Nick Chubb. He kind of had a strange 2022 because if you're drafting Nick Chubb, you probably thought he was going to be okay, you know, early on in the season. And then once Deshaun Watson hit, he would have the touchdown upside, you know, when he would kind of be a league winner for you later on. And it kind of, you know, happened in the reverse order. He dominated without Deshaun Watson. You know, had crazy touchdown numbers in those games, even though the offense wasn't great. And then he just totally fell off when Deshaun Watson returned from suspension. He still did finish as the uh, RB six in half point PPR points per game. We have Kareem Hunt. You know, currently a free agent, and really wasn't a factor later on in the season. Personally, I think Deshaun Watson is going to be much better in 2023. And, you know, as always, Nick Chubb's going to give you a lot of security at the running back position. I think sometimes security can be overrated because, you know, there are injury concerns there. But I know some people like someone they can just plug in. They know they're gonna be an RB1 if healthy, and that is what Nick Chubb can do for you. Now, here at number eight, I have Brees Hall. And Brees Hall was honestly someone that I had a tough time ranking because personally I'm a huge Brees Hall fan. If you guys were here last offseason, very, very high on him. Basically loved him. I think in the third round, you know, if you're getting him fourth, fifth, sixth, I was all over him last season, you know, coming into it. And then he comes in he tears his acl now without the torn acl i honestly think i have him ranked in like the rb two to four area like i wouldn't be shocked if i had him as my rb two if he logged a full healthy season the way he was trending i mean the dude was rb seven in points per game and that includes like early on where he was in a committee so i mean like the dude was really ready to explode i mean he really did explode he tore his acl in week seven Right now the reports are positive in terms of his recovery. Seems like he's on track to be ready for camp. Obviously we can't be positive, you know, cause we're still a little bit, you know, ways away from that. Maybe it takes him a few games to get back to 100%. But if this return timeline sticks and he is looking healthy for camp, you know, kind of able to get that rust off before the games actually start, I do think I would move him up here. There is concern, you know, coming off the ACL, is he gonna be the same guy? You know, typically it's like the second year after, that's where they really get back to it you know we just saw jk dobbins struggle but obviously jk dobbins had a uh, definitely a more severe tear than Brees hall did so something to kind of monitor throughout the off season. in that same uh, rookie class another sophomore guy here we have kenneth walker and he took over as the starter for the seahawks after rashad penny's season ending injury in walker's 10 healthy starts he averaged just under 87 rushing yards per game and then averaged just over 20 carries per game the kind of tough thing here for Kenneth Walker is that the limiting factor is his receiving workload. There were certain games where the Seahawks would give him like a three down back. They would let him take some of those third downs. And then there were other games where we would see DJ Dallas filter in. And then, you know, Kenneth Walker's upside is kind of capped because you're just relying on him getting into the end zone and then putting together a monster uh, game on the ground. So I think he's kind of in a similar spot as Jonathan Taylor. Where if he gets that strong workload, he's gonna, you know, be a high upside guy. And if not, he's probably gonna be more of like a back-end RB1. Here at number 10, I have Josh Jacobs. I could see some people, you know, maybe being a little upset with this one. Being a free agent, you know, it kind of does make him tough to rank here. He's coming off of a career year, RB4 in points per game. The dude was an absolute stud, huge workload, 20 carries a game. 3.8 targets per game, and he actually had the highest opportunity share of any running back in the NFL. It seems likely that he's back with the Raiders, you know, either with an extension or they uh, do probably like franchise tag him heading into 2023. I think there are also questions to be answered for the Raiders in terms of their quarterback situation. Like, if they're, you know, obviously moving on from Carr, if they can't bring in a solid name, and you know maybe they're kind of you know in a rough spot this could be a really tough offense if they don't fix that quarterback spot on the other hand if they go out and bring in a guy like Aaron Rodgers and you know they're going to win I mean, and Jacobs can kind of replicate that usage. He will have a massive fantasy ceiling once again. Now, moving on to number 11, I have Tony Pollard. I think 11 and 12, you know, you could argue some guys to be filtered in here, but I did end up going with Tony Pollard. He was wildly impressive on a very limited workload. He was the RB nine in points per game, despite only having a 48.1% opportunity share, was only at 12.1 carries per game, 3.4 targets per game. I mean, like the target number is solid. In terms of carries, like we're looking at guys who had eight, nine more carries per game than Tony Pollard, and he still finished as a top 10 guy. At this point, it seems decently likely that he stays with the Cowboys, you know, either with the tag or an extension. If the Cowboys are able to keep Tony Pollard and then they end up moving away from Zeke, you know, cutting him whatever they got to do to get him off that roster, I could easily see Tony Pollard rising up. If they will give him a solid workload, I don't think they're ever going to be giving him like 18 carries, five targets a game. They'll probably have another, you know, back to complement him. But if we're in that like 14, 15 carry per game range, four targets, I mean, in that offense, Tony Pollard could really do some serious damage. And then wrapping up the top 12 here, at number 12, I have Travis Etienne. This could have gone to, you know, a Ramondre Stevenson, someone else in this range. I ended up going with ETN. I think his 2022 season was a very strong mix of positive and negative. Started off very, very rough. I was very high on ETN and I was not feeling great. You know, when we have James Robinson leading this backfield early on in the season. But then he took over in week seven he logged some impressive games once he was the starter in his uh, 11 games as a starter he had uh, over 100 rushing yards in five of those i think there were kind of two clear disappointing aspects of etn's season one were his touchdowns and then the other one was his receiving work so he scored five total touchdowns on the season despite carrying the ball 220 times and being targeted 45 times That's tough. It honestly seems pretty unlucky. And I mean, you look at his last eight games, the dude scored one time while operating as like pretty much the workhorse of a top offense. And then the other disappointing part was his uh, targets. 2.6 targets per game is just not gonna get it done. You kind of thought that's where he was gonna see his upside. It didn't happen. You'd like to see that improve, but he's going to be the running back one on an ascending offense. We're going to get Calvin Ridley back, Trevor Lawrence heading into year three. I think this Jaguars offense is going to be very, very solid. And I think Travis Etienne will be a borderline running back one. So that is going to wrap it up for my top 12. I definitely think this one uh, ran a little longer than kind of I was expecting, but you know, it is what it is. Let me know what you guys think. You know, per usual, I'll have the uh, wide receivers up. I think uh, Sunday, maybe that's the day. We'll see. Getting back into the uh, swing of things. Thank you all for stopping by. If you enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you all again, and I will see you in the next one.